Here's the request. Don't we want some Chris Stapleton next time? Come on, y'all. He got that Stapleton sound. Woo, that's good stuff. Hey, welcome. We are so thankful that you're here today. We're going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to wrap up this partner series, all right? If you were here at this 930 hour, I just want to tell you, thanks for getting up early. It makes all the difference in the world to have you in the room. And one more time, give it up for World of Wheels. Come on, y'all. Make sure you go up out there and check out the car show when you leave. All right, here's the deal. Over the last couple of weeks... We have hopefully proven to you that we are better together. It's kind of like a band, man. It's just better when they're all together. But if you missed it, I want you to go back and watch the partner series. Here, let me put it on the screen for you. We have a YouTube channel. So if you go to YouTube, you can see all of the old messages. You can see what's going on. And you can see how you can be a part of what's happening in the Simple Church. All right? The other thing that we're going to do today is hopefully, prayerfully, answer all the questions that many of you have had over the years concerning the simple church. But let me start with this very important scripture found in Romans chapter 12, verse 5. Look at that. Just as there are many parts of the body, so it is true with Christ's body, better known as the church. We all, that means every one of us, all are parts of it, right? It takes every one of us to make it complete. For we each have a different work to do. So we belong to each other, and we each need each other. We have this whole thing wrapped up that you cannot do it unless we come together. All of us belong, we're all needed, and we have a big job to do. This is why it's so important that you're here today. This is why it's important that you're watching online today, because even our online audience, you are a part of God's church. You're a part of what he's trying to do here, and we need you. Ecclesiastes 4 9 says it like this two people are better than one because when two people work together they get more work done we have a big job ahead of us and here's my question to just start right up front is will you join us with all this work that we have to get done some of you go well, what do you mean are you asking us to join the church well yeah but we say partner we it's a different word and we'll explain that as we walk through today's message but Many times when I talk about joining a church or partnering with us, people ask me a lot of questions before they're really ready to do that. Well, today I'm going to cover what we call the top five, the top five questions that everyone asks when it comes to the Simple Church. And the reason I want to cover these questions is because hopefully, if you're out there and you're on the fence of whether you want to join with us, even though the scripture have proven we are God's body, we need all of us to do our job, we do better together we get more work done and some of you are still on the fence of going man am I going to partner with them am I going to join with them or not I'm going to try to answer probably hopefully the questions that you have in your mind and once we answer these you'll say oh, man I'm ready to take that step the first question that everyone asks me okay if I'm out on the street and they go man tell me about simple church one of the first things they ask me is are you a part of a denomination now some of you are already asking well what is a denomination well, there's a bunch of them. You already know, Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, I can go through a long list. But I pulled up a formal definition to help you understand what a denomination is. A Christian denomination is a distinct religious body within Christianity identified by the traits such as a name, organization, and doctrine. It sounds good, 
And some of you are going, okay, I kind of get it, but it's still a little bit confusing. Well, you're not the only one when you talk about confusion. Because look at this chart I found when it came to explaining how we got them. <laughs> this is the truth. You can go look this up, all right? This is the beginning of Christianity, and then it starts in this whole chart. And then I went and found another one. If that wasn't bad enough, this is actually denomination. So people are like, what in the world is going on? You can look these up and you know, pull up the chart, but some of you right off the bat, you're going, why are there so many? Well, here is what I want you to know about denominations. And I'm going to get into answering, are we a part of one? But this is the shocking fact for all of us in here. We have to deal with it. Denominations exist because they are based on disagreements. <laughs> Do you see that? This doesn't shock anybody in here, but the reason we have so many different groups is because one group gets together and then they start disagreeing. They're like, well, let's make two groups. And then two become four and four become six and eight and, ten, and it goes on and on and on. It's not a shock to you. Humans disagree a lot. So check out what Jesus did in the midst of all of the disagreement even thousands of years ago. John 17, 20, here's what he says. I pray that they may all be, what's this word? One. Father, may they be in us just as you are in me and I am in you. And he continues. May they be, here it is again, one. So that the world will believe that you sent me. Here is the irony of all irony. The whole idea of Jesus is like, man, I want my church, my body to be one. So that the world, when they look at the church, they'll go, man, they're unified. They are together. They are working on a common mission. But unfortunately, we didn't succeed in doing what Jesus hoped we would accomplish. So our work is simple. You go, what do you mean? I want you and us as a part of his church to show the world Jesus. And how are we going to do that? Well, by being unified. And what's the simple church plan? And this is an easy one. Are you ready? This is what makes simple church a little unique and a little different. Instead of focusing on what we disagree about, because that's how we get all these denominations, I want to focus on what we can all agree on. Can I get an amen on that? So here's the whole point. Like, why should I be a part of Simple Church? And what's it going to look like? What if I'm Methodist? Or what if I'm Catholic? Or what if I grew up this way or that way? And you saw that spaghetti of all these denominations. Well, this is why I say, listen, there's some great denominations. There's great churches out there. But everybody has these different disagreements, and they all kind of get real you know, in their head about what these things are. But check out what Jesus told us. Matthew 22. This is how the simple church got its name. Teacher, which command in the law is the most important? So somebody comes up to Jesus, real religious guy, and he's like, hey man, how do I know what's the most important? Jesus answered, you've heard this before, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. First and most important commandment. That's it. Second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then it contends, I mean, it continues, excuse me, when it says, all the law and the writings of the prophets depend on these two commands. What was he basically saying? He said, man, if you want to simplify it, if you want to really get down to where we can all agree on these two things, it is love God and love people. Now, we added solving problems, and the reason we added it, not because we're trying to add to Scripture, but we're trying to give you an actual action point beyond just loving God literally and loving people literally, we believe when you do both of those things, it will equal solving problems just like Jesus did. He came in to solve the religious problem. He came in to solve our sin problem. He came in to solve so many different problems. And what makes it so amazing to me 
is that thousands of years later, all of the churches and denominations and all these different belief systems can get lost in all this other stuff and miss the main thing. So this is why I want you to know, hey, what's the simple church about? Are we a part of a denomination? No, we are not. We are not a part of a denomination. We were launched out of a Baptist church. I told you I grew up with, with Catholic grandparents. I have friends that are in Methodist church. I have friends in the charismatic church. I have friends in all these different churches. But the simple church is not a part of a denomination. But what we are asking is if you are a part of a denomination and you want to be a part of us, just agree on what Jesus said were the most important things, the two most important things, loving God and loving people. And then we're going to ask you to partner with us to solve problems. Now, why would I say it that way? Because I don't want you to be in the business of creating problems. <laughs> most churches, when people get together, they create problems. So if you like creating problems, this is not the church for you. Because we really don't want to create more problems. There are enough problems in this world that if we unify and put all of our gifts and our talents and our abilities together, we can be a part of his solution. And that's what Jesus prayed for. And that's why I'm thankful you're here today is because I want you to know that you can be a part of that. You can be a part of his church and know that your gifts and your talents and whatever it may be that you bring to this whole talent pool God wants to use you to do something amazing. But we all got to agree. And you go, well, how do we agree? How do we unify? How do we let the world know? Just agree on loving God and loving people. And when we do that, we'll solve problems. Number two, do you own a building, Justin? Why don't you own a building? Why, 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 why am I talking about this again? Because still, 16 years later, denomination is one of the questions. Number two is, is do you own a building? Well, we do actually own a building. We just don't meet in it. You go, what are you talking about? The only building we own is our office. It is right next door to Tubbs Hardware. Go ahead and step on in if you'd like to shop. But I pad the sign in there because literally, if you don't know where we're located, when you see Tubbs Hardware, you can see us on Benton Row. That is it, 601 Benton Row. You can't miss it. And you go, well, do you own anything else? Yes, we own one other thing. All right, this is a, the land. Isn't that nice? That's on Party Central. It's right next to Party Central. The only two things we own are office building and Party Central land. Thanks to Bernadette and Bubba, they gave us this land a long time ago. We bought it, but it was a long, long time ago. But here's what I want you to know. We've gathered and baptized in a lot of places that we don't own. I, went, I ran through the little box of you know, files that I have, looking at all of the different locations we've met in and things, and I ran across this video. And because it's Party Central land, I thought, well, here's one pretty cool. We actually baptized at Party Central, and here's like 30 seconds of that early baptism going back to the beginning of the Simple Church. Once again, you'll recognize it once the camera pans out, but here's a pretty cool moment in our history. Watch. Have you had Jesus Christ come into your heart and life? Amen. Because of your profession of faith and obedience to our Lord's command, it's my privilege and honor to baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Prayer with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in the name of the Lord. How many noticed that he left me hanging? Come on, y'all saw that. I'm like, hey, give me five. You don't... Here's why I'm showing you this. We don't own any buildings other than our office and that land, but we have met in a lot of different places. We've baptized in a lot of different places. Found this early picture. Christy Rhodes, uh, at dad, you know, Lamar Pulley, he actually let, you, let us use one of his buildings for our first worship night. This is all the way back, like 16 years ago. We've met at the Strand Theater. We did a worship night down there. We've met at Hurricane Alley. You've probably seen that, maybe been a part of that for a worship night. 
And we've even met in a bar. Can I get an amen on the bar? All right, this is early. That's the truth. Those were our first birthday party in the bar. But I could not believe when I looked up our history, and I really took the time to look through this, over 20-plus locations we've met in. Frisco Campus and Party Central and the theaters and the Bozier Structural Center. And we've been at the Stage Convention Center. We'll be over at the uh, Brookshire's Grocery Arena coming up here for Easter. Over and over. We met at Cinemark, Regal 9, all of these different places. But this is the part that I want you to grab a hold of. It don't really matter where we meet because it's not about the building. Here, look at this, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you realize that all of you together are the house of God? See, it's not about the location, it's about us. Y'all remember, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door and there's the people. You remember that, right? It's all about the people. And the Spirit of God lives among you in his house. Well, who is his house? What is his house? It's us. 1 Corinthians 3, 9, for we are partners, there it is again, working together for God, all of us coming together, and you are also God's building. So when people start thinking about, uh, you know, well, this is where God resides, it has to be in this place or that place, man, we can meet anywhere. It really doesn't matter. We use buildings to gather, it's true. We're very thankful for even the convention center, we're thankful for Brookshire Grocery Arena where we're there. And they all help us because they're air-conditioned, nice seats, and all those things can happen. But here is our plan. It's a simple church. It's very, very simple. Focus on people, not buildings. Can I get an amen? So why do I say this? It's because we got to have buildings. you got to have them you know, for your kids to be safe and for your people to gather and all that kind of stuff. But it is not what's most important. What is most important is you. It's the church. It's the people. I pulled some pictures because I looked through all of these different relationships that I have in my life. And this one down here in the corner is the one I'd like to point out is Stan, who's been a simple kid, volunteer forever, been going through a lot of health issues, and finally made it back to church. And I'm like, Stan, you matter. Every person matters. Every person has gifts, talents, and abilities. And you are the church. You're who God wants to use. So you go, oh, I don't know if you really need me. And I don't. No, every one of us have a role to play. Every one of us. These are our friends who watch down in Florida. We have friends in, already in North Texas. You already know that. We have friends in St. Louis. You've got friends all over. Vaticudises. You can think of so many different people that make up who we are. And they're not even in our building. They're watching at home. Many of you watching at home right now. Because it's not about the building. It still comes down to the people and the relationships. And if you need some proof, here's Acts 2.45. You ready for this? They sold their property. Isn't that interesting? Early church sold their property and all their possessions, and shared the money with those in need. See, we're not 100% there yet, but let me make sure you know this is our heart. Whatever we got to do, we want to love on people. We want to solve problems. We want to help people. And so we don't want to get hung up in this other stuff that can get us distracted. So what we want to do is try our best to solve problems to help meet those needs. And I pulled together a video, edited it myself, just to give you a little glimpse into what does it look like when you're able to motivate and mobilize the church into doing good and solving problems? Way beyond what happens the inside of this building, it's what happens out there that really does make a difference. Watch. We're going to have some fun with this one. Y'all ready? been running in circles, jumping the hurdles, 
Getting caught in that rush of doing so much Feeling kind of pouring out All these checking the boxes Trying to be flawless Got me spinning my head, catching my breath Too afraid to slow down I tell myself to keep this up God wants more than just my love I've been complicating things Just like me to overthink Gotta keep it real simple Come on, come on, give a little love right there. That's just in the last year. You're talking about helping schools. You're talking about feeding kids. You're talking about shoes. Y'all brought all those shoes in. We took them to Juarez. I mean, think of all of these different things that you're able to accomplish that it really didn't matter if you had a building or not. What it came down to is that all of us working together could do way more than just a handful of us. And you underestimate your power. You think, well, God can't use me, and I don't know if I'll ever have it. I promise you. You just don't understand who our God is. This church wants to partner with you as we partner with him to influence and change the world. And how we're going to do that is by solving problems in Jesus' name, by loving people, meeting needs, by loving him as we love others. And this is why we need you. So you're like, I don't know if I'm ever really ready for that. And I don't, listen, denomination, listen, we know we don't, we're not a part of one. Just love God, love people. Do you have a building? No, it's not that important to us. We meet in a lot of different buildings, and we can still meet in a whole bunch of different ones. It just comes down to 
Can when we gather, can I motivate you to go make the difference outside the walls of a building? Because you really are the home of God right here. This is where he resides. And when we go out there, man, you bring light to the darkness and we need you. Third question. All right, got to hurry. What's the third question? Do you ever take an offering? Now, if you've ever been a part of Simple Church, you've probably figured this out. No, we don't ever pass the chicken bucket, the gold plate, you know what I'm saying, the felt bag, none of those things. But people do give. This is what I want to, to know. So you go, how does all this happen? It doesn't happen without people in here going, man, I'm a part of this. I want to be a part of what God's doing. Early on, I found this picture just to make you laugh. We used to have what was called a blue bucket right outside of the theater. When you walked out, we didn't have any other way of giving. It's like, hey, man, we're not giving. I'm like, oh, there's a blue bucket out there somewhere. Just give it. Well, now we've advanced, right? We've gone from a blue bucket to a blue stand, you know what I'm saying, or a silver stand. And now, of course, you got Venmo, and we can, you can email it. You can go to our website. You can text to give. You, all these different options are available. Why do I tell you that? Because you do it. And if you're a partner with this, it does make a difference. And it's not just in these ways that you give. I'll give you another great example. Some of you have even given your cars. We're at World of Wheels today. We've got this whole big car show we're partnering with, but it reminded me of this moment. This single mom right here needed a vehicle, and guess what? You donated one, and we were able to turn around and give it back to someone in need. Because you gave we were able to give to someone else. That we even have it set up over there at World of Wheels. You go, man, I have a car I'll need to get rid of. There's a whole life group that repairs and you know, puts tires on and fixes everything so we can give it to people in need. Well, here's the proof. It really does matter. It happens when you give. We've even had somebody in our history give us a house. Believe it or not, this is the truth. That's the house. And we were able to let people live in it. They paid a little bit of rent. We took that money and did some more good with it. So if you can land, houses, it's all happening, including in our 16 years history, we had one person in 16 years actually give stock. I don't have any stock, but they did. And they were like, hey, man, I'm going to give a little stock. And why is that important? Because it saved them on their taxes, and they were able to do a lot more good with it. Now you go, well, well Justin, why are you bringing all this up? It's because if you partner, we can do more when we come together. But this is the heart behind when I talk about why I don't ever take an offering on Sunday morning unless we're trying to give it away to help somebody else. You want to know why? 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each of you must decide. Each of you decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly. So in other words, like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Or in response to pressure, because that's the last thing I hope to do is pressure you. Right? I hate it. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Our whole goal is not to pressure you, not to make it where it's weird, but to go, hey, man, if you want to help and you want to be a part of it, you can help. And many of you, even last week when somebody stole our computers, many of you said, man, I'm going to help with that. You gave a little bit of money so that we could replace the computers that somebody stole. Well, what's the deal with all that? You can't do it without it. It's how you're seeing everything now. It's how you're watching everything at home. Without people giving and making it happen, it just don't happen. And everything that you give, it really does go to help other people. It helps us and it helps others. Now, today's a little bit of a weird day for us in this regard. It's the first time we've done World of Wheels without a dear friend of ours. His name is Mr. David Gunn. And David Gunn was the guy who owned World of Wheels and who's the one that allowed us to be a part of church while World of Wheels was going on. He gave his life to Christ here. He's in a life group. He's been just an, an unbelievable guy over the years. Well, this past year, he passed away. And this is the first year without him in our presence. And so I decided to go back to remind you of why partnering together matters. 
is because David Gunn is just one example. You're going to see some life group testimony, but then you're also going to see the fact that we used to do a thing called Do Good Dollar Days, where every person just gave one dollar. We took those dollars over multiple Sundays or over multiple services, and then we tried to meet a need. Because you gave, you were able to accomplish more together. And here is a flashback to show you the value and the importance of partnering together through life groups, giving to each other through life groups, and at the same time, when you give, we're able to do what none of us could do on our own. Watch. Hey guys, my name is John, and we're here for another edition of Do Good Dollar Days. Do Good Dollar Days is when we all give a dollar, and we get to see the amazing results when we all give and do good together. And this month, we're going to talk about a guy named David. Check out his story. Yeah, I've been knowing David Gunn for 20 plus years. We've been very good friends all these years. And he does, yes, he does love cars. And uh, that's how I got to meet him because we, we go to World Wheel Car Show and all these years get to see him at the car show. He loved cars, but he also loved God. And he really loved people because there's a lot of people that he invites to Simple Church that just, you know, didn't go to church for years. And he invited a lot of them to Simple Church and they just changed their lives. Simple Church were always big with the World of Wheels. And, uh, you know, I asked John Hagler, I said, hey, who's the guy that puts this thing on? You know, who's, who's the one behind the scenes? And uh, he said, his name of a guy named David Gunn. And I said, really? So I got to meet David and, man, we've built a relationship and friendship over the years. Because, uh, man, I mean, you know, the World of Wheels to some people is just a car show. But to my family, me and my son, it's the Super Bowl. The other cool part about David is, when Simple Church first came to the convention center, we weren't allowed to have church here while the World of Wheels was going on. David came to the church and said, hey guys, I don't want that to happen anymore. So he allows us to have church while this big car show is going on, knowing he needs the space for his car show. But ever since he has approached the church, we've had church every time the car show is going on. This has all led into a life group, uh, just a men's life group where we get to fellowship in Sammy St. Angelo's garage, hanging out, talking about God, cars, friends, gearhead stuff, and it's pretty cool all goes back to the world of wheels David Gunn. I met David Gunn in Life Group, and I've known him now for several years uh, in our Life Group. We share everything. We share our ups and downs, and uh, we discuss different uh, topics, and uh, uh, recently uh, David shared with us that he's going through a tough time, and that uh, he has been diagnosed with some cancer. As David was telling us about the uh, uh, doctor visits and cancer and all the things that he had to do, uh, it was concerning us that this was uh, going to be a financial uh, struggle for him. And uh, we were really concerned about that. So we, uh, you know, continued to talk and, and pray with him on it and uh, see what we could do. So I decided to call John Hagler and uh, express our concern that uh, we had with David. and. Uh, Kind of just left it with him and, and see what he could help him with. The one that I'm in with the, the car guys, you could say, we, we meet at a garage and uh, we have a, a nice uh, life group, uh, a good discussion, and then we move out to the garage and it's a whole different world. It's, you know, it just all fits together perfectly. It, uh, it has been comfort to me. I've got a situation in my life right now I don't know what I would do without my life group. I've been diagnosed stage three cancer, um, and I start treatments on the 31st. I've had surgery and had the tumor removed, but uh, it has spread, and you know, it's in the good Lord's hands and we're gonna do treatment. 
what he's telling you about the phone calls, it's amazing how he and I will be discussing, you know, treatments and doctor visits and things like that, and the phone rings and it's one of you guys. What's going on today? And I can always tell when he gets off the phone with you guys, he feels much better. Well, David, really, I, I kind of pulled a fast one on you here today. <laughs> you probably kind of knew that, didn't you? Well, I, you know, we're not, we hadn't shared with anybody. Uh, yeah. Our close friends, but, uh, yeah, so I appreciate you playing along with him, and I'm not done pulling fastings on you yet because you may remember that for the last couple of months we've had something called Do Good Dollar Days, and every month we collect this money as a church, and we pick somebody to bless, and this month, David Gunn, we're blessing you. So I have in my back pocket for you and Miss Gill a check for $10,000, okay? So that is yours to help you with your medical bills and whatever you want to spend it on because we love you and we appreciate you. And we think you're gonna kick this, you're gonna beat this cancer, and we're gonna help you get through it. This church has been our home for... Since almost eight years. Almost seven years now. We don't miss a Sunday if we're in town. It's just something you need. I mean, it, it charges our batteries. It makes such a difference in our life. And the life groups are just, Whoever thought of that was a genius. Because <laughs> it, it is good. It's hard for me to, to share with, with people, but when you have people that you know care about you and we share together, it, it makes all the difference in the world. This is amazing. You know, a lot of times you're trying to figure out, does it really matter what we do? Well, he did beat it. He's in heaven now, and Gail, as a widow now, was trying to figure out where to go and how to make it from here, and that story's old because it's kind of telling you what happened back then when he first got, got diagnosed, but then the life group came back together and gave her some more money because as a widow, you can imagine the hospital bills and all of the needs and all of the stuff that's going on and it's not news to anybody. You can't do it by yourself. And this is why we're not a perfect church. We hadn't got it all figured out. You're looking for a perfect church, you ain't going to find it here, man. Find it, go join somewhere else. But if you're looking for a place where we can tell you the value of being together and people is way more important than buildings and anything else, that's just one example. I'm so thankful for David, thankful for Gail, I'm thankful for his testimony. I'm thankful for what he's done. We wouldn't even still be here today if it wasn't for them. And then I go back and think about all of you and your stories. We are better together. We can do more together. And when you give, you can partner to accomplish things that we could never, ever do on our own. 1 Timothy 6, 18. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. You know why you give? This is it. By doing this, they'll be storing up their treasure. Next slide, please. By doing this, they'll be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life. David's experiencing better life than ever, cancer-free, moving on. But I can tell you something. Where are you storing your treasure up? You don't know why you give. You don't know why you have these relationships because this isn't it, man. His church is preparing us for our eternity. So the way we live, the way we give, the way we share, 
It matters to God. Our giving really matters to God. You need some proof? This is a heavy one now. Pay attention. If you didn't grow up in church, this is one you need to look at. Luke 21, as he stood in the temple, he was watching the rich. Number one, God watches us. He knows what we do. He knows how we give. Tossing their gifts into the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small copper coins. Really, he remarked, this poor widow has given more than all of the rest combined. For they've given just a little out of what they didn't need, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. This is the secret to the simple church. There are not a lot of rich people in here. Matter of fact, if you're rich, come see me. All right, I'd love to talk to you. <laughs> Truth is, there's a lot of us that are poor, making it. And I say poor, you go, oh, that's all relative, because compared to the world, we're pretty rich. But I can be honest with you. This church is made up of a lot of people who just give what they have. And those little gifts get combined to do what nobody could do on their own. And we are forever grateful for that. We cannot do it without you. You don't know why you partner in that way? Is because we're able to do stuff that you just can't do on your own. And so I say thank you for everything you've given. Over the years, in the last few weeks, the last few months, and I think of David, thank you. Because there's a lot more yet to be done. This is why we're looking for partners. Now, if you've never given before, I hope maybe you think about it and go, hey, man, we'll try to help out. We got Do Good Duck Day coming up where we're talking about helping childhood cancer. On March 19th, we'll be out there partying at the boardwalk, having a good time. But it's another great chance to give. Why? Because you're going to try to help kids battling cancer, just like David was battling cancer. We're not going to be paying medical bills. We're just going to try to give them a week away from cancer at the beach, partner with Lighthouse out of Atlanta area. And they're just great organizations. But what happens? You can't do it on your own. You got to have everybody partner. Some of you need to volunteer to go. There's an information meeting upstairs. Go be a part of it. Man, I want to find out more about that. Why? Because we are better together and we need you. Fourth question people ask me, what's the secret to success of Simple Church? Well, you got to define success. And one of the ways we measure success is when people, just like David, give their life to Christ and then decide to follow through in baptism. It's just one measure for us to go, hey, man, it's not about religion. It's not about denomination. It's about a relationship with Jesus. And when you go public with that, we like to know that and we celebrate that. And in 16 years, this is the shocking number of how many people have been baptized. Nearly 3,400 people, yeah, that's worth a clap, have given their life to Christ, have gone public with their faith. An average of 226 years. There's only one year we were under 100. Take a wild guess at what year that was. COVID. All right. Yeah. But other than that, you've been baptizing a lot of people. You're talking about baptism locations. This is success for us is when we go around to all these different places and you and your family get to celebrate 30 plus baptism locations, three states and three countries all over, all different stories. I mean, from Quarterbees to Frisco to Airline to Central, you could go on and on and on. But I pulled together one other video. You know what success is for us? Is when you move from, man, I don't know Jesus and I want to know him and I want to go public with the fact that I do know him. That is success for us. It's when the prodigals come home and we celebrate that. And here's a little video just to remind you of how special it is. Watch.
Come on, y'all, put your hands together. My boy gave it to Ric Flair too, didn't he? How awesome that we get to be a part of that. The secret to success really is not us, not our method. It's Jesus, man. Jesus is in the business of changing people's lives. And we get to be a part of that. We get to partner with him as he is impacting and drawing and calling you home. Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders work for nothing. It is not about us. We're not good enough. We're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. We believe that the Lord is building his kingdom and we get to be a part of it. John 6, this is great. Jesus said, don't bicker among yourselves. Isn't this great for all of us in the church world? Don't bicker among yourselves over me. You're not in charge here. Can I get an amen on that? Jesus is like, man, it ain't about you. The Father who sent me is in charge. And this is the part I want you to get. He draws people to himself. People say, well, how come you don't have an altar call? And no, because we really do genuinely believe that the Holy Spirit is alive and well, and he is drawing people to him. And we get to be a part of it. That's the only way you'll ever come. There's not any other. You can't manipulate and kind of, you know, work everything out. No, Jesus is calling his people home. And we get to be a part of that when we give you the invitation at the end. And then we, you know, ask you to follow through in baptism. And you follow through by the thousands. We're like, man, this is awesome. And only then do I do my work, putting people together, setting them on their feet, ready for the end. This is why David Gunn, he was ready for the end. He was putting himself on his feet. Yeah, he didn't quote, beat cancer on this side, but he sure beat it on that side because of the power of Jesus Christ. So there is hope in that. When you're walking through and all the darkness is piling on you and you're trying to figure out if you're going to make it or not, do because of Jesus, you're going to make it. You're going to get through it. And we get to do that together. And guess what? He chooses to use us to build his church, to call you home, to partner together. That's why you're still here. If he was done with you, you'd be home. He'd call you home too. But if you're sitting in here listening to me, if you're online listening, you have a part to play in his kingdom. Don't miss it. 1 Peter 2.5, you ready for this? And now you have become living building, right? Stones for God's use in building his house. You are a part of building the house of God. What's more, you are his holy priest. You're like, dude, I ain't no holy priest. Not on your own, but through Jesus. Yes, you are. So come to him. You who are acceptable to him. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. And offer to God those things that please him. This is why you go, here's what I have, God. Here's my gifts. Here's my talent. Here's my resources. Here's my time. And I want to be a part of your kingdom. Way beyond the simple church or a building or anything else, a denomination, it is a part of God's kingdom. Jesus builds the church, and he chooses to use you and I to do it. Need some proof? Matthew 16, 18. You are Peter. You remember Peter, right? A stone, and upon this rock, I will build my church. He's saying, I'm still going to build the church, Peter, but I'm going to use you. And all the powers of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, I want to remind you of something. Did Peter... Was he just the ultimate Christian, do everything right? No, he's also the one that denied Christ three times. Remember that. So if you think, well, I messed up. I don't know if God can ever use me. Man, if he can use Peter to build his church, because he's going to use us fallen, broken vessels. That's why you're here. Some of church is not looking for perfect people. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody is. But you and I get a chance to be a part of what he's doing we need you. God needs you. Don't sit in the dark. Get involved. Easter's right around the corner. You're talking about celebrating the power of the resurrection. Maybe your life needs to be resurrected. We believe Jesus is the only one that does that. 
And when we partner with him, give our lives to him, he will use you and accomplish things you could never do on your own. Last question. Justin, why did you start Simple Church? This is my favorite question. And here's one glimpse and why. For everybody that's been here for 16 years, don't forget this. If you're brand new, remember this. Matthew 9, 12. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And guess what? You're sick. So am I. All of us are sick. You go, what do you mean? Just in Romans 3, 23. Everyone has sinned and is far away from God's saving presence. You want to know why we started the similar church? Why I started the similar church is because I know how sick I am. I know how sick my friends are. I know that we are sinners. And I know that Jesus is the only way. And there are a lot of great churches in this area. There's a lot of great denominations. They've done some awesome things over the years. But when you're starting a church, you start looking at where you made mistakes in your past. And one thing that they do is churches, once they exist for all, they start turning inward and looking inward. And the simple church exists for those that are unchurched. It exists for those that don't come. That's why we love partnering with World of Wheels. That's why we love going to the boardwalk in a couple of weeks. That's why we love getting outside the walls of the building because we're not here for just the church people. We believe that the church is here for the sick, for the broken, for the hurting. And when we have an opportunity to invite you in or to impact you or to introduce you to Jesus through solving a problem, then, man, we're honored and just such a pleasure for us to get to do that. And you go, where's all this come from? Well, here it is, Matthew 9, 13. Jesus added, now go and learn the meaning of the scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. See, the religious understood this. Jesus was talking to a religious audience. And this religious audience was very good at knowing the scriptures. They were very, you know, oh, we've got all this stuff figured out. And that was referring to Hosea 6, 6. When you look back at Hosea 6, 6, this is what it says. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to be about love, not go through the religious motion of just coming to church and being in religion. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. That was a reference to they were just going through religious, empty rituals. That is why it is beyond religion. It's beyond a denomination. It is about a relationship. And Jesus answers that with his presence to say, man, I want to show you love, and then I want you to show love to others. And Jesus answers the why, and the why we started Simple Church is pretty simple. It's because that Matthew 9, 13 ends with this very powerful statement. Jesus said, I am after mercy. I am not after religion. And I am here to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. Is that whole, that's hard school, that's hard right there. Old school, hard teaching. I am not here to coddle insiders. I am here to invite those that don't know. So when you know people that don't know Jesus, man, I'm praying that we will create an environment and we will love them in such a way by meeting needs and solving problems that they go, man, there's something to them. Because we're hoping that through all those actions, they would be introduced to Jesus and they would see Jesus. And when they do, it will change their life. Not religion, not a church, not a denomination, but the person of Jesus alone. Now I want to end with this video because we got to get you out of here. But if you have time, I want you to go see this movie sometime in the next you know, week or two while it's in the theater because it is also a reminder of who the Simple Church is and what we're all about. It's because even 2,000 years ago when there was religious people getting hung up and everything and Jesus steps into that religious culture and shows love and washes feet and he doesn't look like them, he doesn't act like them, he doesn't focus on the religious, he focuses on the outsider and it messed all of them up. In the same way, my hope and my prayer is it wouldn't be about me as a pastor or as a staff, us living that out 
as much as it is, it'll be about all of us living that out. Because when you go to work or you go to school, when you're out in the community, people go, man, there's something different. There's something different. And I want you to be different, not for the sake of being cool, but for the sake of pointing them to Jesus. And when you do, it might just not only change your life, it might just change somebody else's life. This movie just got released, and I saw Kelsey Grammer get on, uh, I think, with Kelly and Ryan, and he broke down and cried. You can go look it up on all the social media and everything. He just cried because they said, well, <laughs> Kelly Ripple was like, well, what, what happened? Like, he said, it's a powerful, powerful movie. Something happened in that movie. Why? Because it's getting away from religion and getting to the person of Jesus. This is just a little glimpse of what I hope we can be like. And I'm thankful they put it into a movie. It's a pretty awesome story. Watch. Hey, Square. I am not a Square. I think we should invite Greg this weekend. What's this weekend? These people are hippies, rebels against old-fashioned authority. I think these kids need help. What they need is a bath. You're passing judgment on people you know nothing about. Maybe that's why your church is so empty. When God walks in here, brings me a hippie. I'll ask him what it's all about, because I do not understand. His house has a very good vibe. There is an entire generation searching. Slow down, man, slow down. Just in all the wrong places. If you want to reach my people, you need to speak to them in a language they understand. If I bring them in, I'm going to lose my job. We can only walk through doors open to us. In your church, that's a door that's shut. You've probably noticed we have some guests here today. I'd like you to meet my new friends. Welcome. They don't belong here. Half of them aren't even wearing shoes. They're staining the new shag carpet. They need our help. If you feel like you're misunderstood and judged, you will find forgiveness and freedom right here. That was awesome. Now that door is open any time of day. And if there are some who don't like that, well then that door works both ways. All right, Pastor, let's begin. I was almost done with this, but then you did what nobody else would even dare. This thing that we found, I feel like I belong. You're gonna need a bigger church. Our country is a dark and divided place, but now there's hope and it's spreading. This is your home, and I want you to tell all your friends about it. Come on, y'all. How awesome is that? Go see it. And then more important than seeing it, I pray you'll live it because I'm telling you, I'm having the time of my life. Simple Church in the last 16 years, changing the world has been the most fun I've ever had in my life. And I am thankful to have partnered with you to make it happen. I look back over my life and I look at all these different moments. You talking about living a great story? Man, I wouldn't trade it for nothing. And some of you, you're just starting that journey. Today's your day. Do you want to partner with us today? Do you want to partner with Jesus? It's an opportunity I don't want you to miss. Would you pray with me? Father, I come to you right now, and I thank you for your son, Jesus, and I thank you that we've had the opportunity to do what many thought would never happen. It is 100% because of you, not because of a method, not because of a style, not because of a person, other than you. It's not us, it's you. 
And I thank you, Jesus, for using us, for letting us be a part of you drawing people to yourself. And today may be one of those days. If there's someone here that doesn't have a relationship with you, I pray that they wouldn't surrender to a denomination, to a church, but they would surrender to the person of Jesus, the one who loves, the one who receives, the one who accepts, the one who came for the sick, the one who came for the outsider. Lord, help us to be able to show them what that looks like. And if they're here today, I pray that they'd say, Jesus, I don't want church, I don't want religion, but I want you. And when they say that, Lord, and they mean that and invite you into their life, you'll meet them right there. Whether they're watching online or they're in this room, Jesus, come into my life and change me. I know I'm a sinner, and I know that you can forgive me, and you'll give me a fresh start. Lord, I thank you for my fresh start, and I thank you for their fresh start. But help us, God, once we've prayed that prayer, to take that next step, to get baptized, to partner, to begin to give not just our time, but our resources, our life. Because when we look back, we will see that it really made a difference. It is how we live a great story. It is what it's all about. So for all those that have done that over these past 16 years, I thank you for those partners. For the new ones that are getting ready to start on this journey, I pray that it would change their life the way that it has ours and that they would have the time of their life. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us this opportunity today. In Jesus' name.